0: Nystrom, Meister, Nystrom's
1: really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sanstum. Somebody better help Sanstum. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions.
0: You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh
1: my! Did Nick plant one on C-Card? Wow! You can't put a bounty on a man's head! I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The hot drop, and Bob there, the right great-
0: This is Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer talk. I'm your host, Joe Lizito, and welcome to episode 112, part one of my chat with Ross Olson. But first, as always, let's take care of some business. If you are on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, Please scroll down to the episode description of this very episode, and you'll see links that will bring you right to each of those platforms. If we don't follow each other on Twitter or um, Instagram, hit that follow button. I'll follow you right back, and if we can help promote our stuff, why not, right? There's enough uh, success to go around. Well, success. I don't know, promotion, we can help each other out. Why not? There's enough negativity in the world. Maybe we can, uh, help each other in a positive way. We can, we can help spread each other's work or our content or whatever it is. Um, you know, just help each other out, you know, be good people. And I guess on Facebook, it's, um, a friend request or follow you follow the, uh, the account and basically, um, all of the, accounts for the podcast are related to the podcast whether it's upcoming episodes, uh birthdays, um statistics, whatever it is. It's it's nothing where you have enough friends on social media that tweet about politics, am I right? And most of those friends don't know what they're talking about, am I right? So why not escape reality for a little bit and uh, and follow my social media for the uh for the show here. Also, as, you've, uh, as you regular listeners know, I have always promoted Joe Marisic. He is the local Long Island artist who designed the logo for the show. And if you're interested in having Joe do an art project for you, you can reach Joe on Twitter at GraphicsJoker or at LoudEgg.com. Now, Joe recently collaborated with uh, another Joe, Joe Buono, for an Islander's children's book called islanders a to z if you're interested in checking that out Uh, again scroll down to the episode description of this very episode and the link will be there it it's a great job i have one here in my collection um obviously for children it's a great introduction to the islanders but um joe's art is so good he drew he did all the illustrations for the book and um It's worthwhile having whether you have young kids or not, because uh, it's just a cool piece of Islanders history there. So I would highly recommend you checking the book out as far as other things to check out uh, a few podcasts. I'd like to tell you about Uh, my other show, the Nordiques knuckles podcast. Now, for those of you who might remember, I had, um, the well had run dry pretty much for this program as far as guests go. Um, not in terms of potential guests, just in terms of getting people to appear on the show. But I really enjoy doing the podcast. So my second favorite team was the Quebec Nordiques. And I figured, hey, why not have a go at that? And well, needless to say, uh, I'm running into similar issues securing guests for that show as well so when i when I tell you about the next two podcasts that I want you to listen to, they are fond of talking about both of my podcasts in their intro. See what we do is we pump each other's tires a little bit, and uh you know we're we're all trying to help each other and um you know they both always say, well he's got two podcasts, and the question I'll throw out there is if I have two podcasts and no guests. Do I really have two podcasts? But anyway, I try to maintain a sense of humor with it. But I did start the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. I think I'm about 13 episodes in. I've had some really great guests with some really awesome stories. And I urge you to check that out. How long that podcast will be around, I'm not so sure. Um, I'm ready to just uh, take it off life support. Um, I don't want to say I've grown frustrated But I've grown frustrated and not to the point where I want to throw the laptop against the wall, because then I, you know, but just in terms of trying to get guests, trying to get people to confirm they want to be on the show, trying to get people to answer messages, trying to get people to answer direct messages, trying to get people to answer text messages. You get the idea. So anyway, the show may be on life support. I might pull the plug. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, while it's still there, why don't you go check out a few of those episodes? I think you'll really enjoy it. The people who did confirm and did show up were amazing guests, and the show really is about them. Uh, My buddy Darren, up in Saskatoon, the suburbs of Saskatoon, host of the Fourth Line Voice podcast, proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network, two shows a week. His latest episode, 299th episode Good lord I can't even imagine What it would be like to have 200 episodes And he's on his 299th episode That was his last episode Uh, A little potpourri um, A little Wednesday shit show A little uh, mix of everything One of the topics was Gretzky's Bodyguards Another was a top 10 whalers Enforcer list Now Darren did not make this list it is a horrendous list i mean it is awful i will tell you it's worth listening to the list to just to the episode just for the list darren of course does not look at the list before um he reads them so his reactions are in real time and um i knew the list wasn't going to be that great when i heard the honorable mentions because i'm like wait if that guy's an honorable mention. Who's on the list? And well, if that guy's an honorable mention, who's on the list? And then of course it it lived up to uh to that sort of questioning. Although the the top of the list um is not terrible. Um I, I may have flipped the um the rankings of this gentleman who did the list but there's some uh some questionable people in that top 10 but anyway the episode is worth listening to regardless if you need the um the comedy or not but Darren always does a great job uh one of my favorite aspects of his solo episodes um it's called my week on the internet and it's Darren's give and take with uh some people mostly on the facebook fight message boards uh not so much on twitter anymore mostly on facebook and it is actually pretty funny when you consider that these are conversations with grown men so uh so it's definitely uh definitely worth checking out uh but like i said darren's got 299 episodes and um all of them i've listened to every second of every one of them i don't know how many people can say that i'm sure plenty but um but it's a must listen for me. And also, if you've ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, chances are it was on the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. So uh, definitely uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow the podcast on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. And what I realized now, my since my last episode, uh, I, I realized that it is, uh, I have not mentioned the return. ...of the Five for Fighting podcast with Alec Coden Salen. Um, Alec has returned. Uh, if you are a regular listener, you heard me uh, talk about Alec's trials and tribulations with the ECHL. Um, God forbid someone promotes the league for free. Uh, apparently the ECHL does not like that. Doesn't make sense to me either. I know what you're thinking. Um Alec basically, um, similar show to Darren and myself where we interview the enforcers, but this past past year and a half or so, um, Darren re- um, Alec really found his niche with the ECHL and he had a lot of really good uh, ECHL guests on and really promoted the balls off the league. I mean, it was unbelievable between the interviews and his YouTube channel. Uh, but apparently the ECHL or Flow Sports, one of them, and it, it probably is Flow Sports. Uh, they didn't like that. So uh, they made Alec remove his YouTube channel. And uh, pretty stupid. I know. But anyway, I knew he'd be back. Listen, it's its a passion for people like myself and Darren and Alec. We like to do it. Um, and it's hard to stay away. And um, I think what really breathed new life into Alec was he was approached by Hit Club Hockey, which I believe is uh, someone he's collaborating with now. I know he posted that uh, he has some merchandise now through them. Uh, so I don't know if it's a sponsorship type thing or they're he's going to be if they have a network. But whatever it is, congratulations to Alec. He, he definitely deserved it. And um, so give them a follow too. Five for Fighting Podcast, Hit Club Hockey. Uh his latest episode was the Clash of the Coast breakdown. So um Alec did a tournament on Instagram where it was uh I think thirty-two ECHL enforcers and it was just you went on and voted in his story uh who would win the fight. And it really picked up a lot of steam, especially uh with the Worcester Railers uh supporting their guy, Chris Ordebody. And um it was it was very successful for him. And this was the uh the recap with uh, John from the Hockey Fight League. So uh, I definitely would urge you to give that episode a listen as well. As Give that episode a listen, period. Also, listen to his back catalog as well. Okay, there you go. So um, so in summary, Nordic Knuckles Podcast, Fourth Line Voice Podcast, Five for Fighting Podcast. Give them a follow. Give them a listen. Give them a like. Re- rate and review. Do all that stuff. Please, it will help us out immensely. So um, I am a collector of game-used Enforcer gear, mostly related to the Islanders and the Nordiques. Doesn't have to be, but that is the central focus of my collection. My guest today, Ross Olson, I was fortunate enough to meet him in Orlando and he was kind enough to give me one of his game-used sticks. And um, But I, will, I collect anything. So if you are sitting on any Ross Olson stuff, I know the Railers would... Um, sell their game-used equipment after the season. So maybe you have a pair of Ross's game-used gloves. Uh, You have one of his old buckets, and you're like, ah, you know what, I like Ross, but, you know, it would look so much better in Joe's basement. Maybe I'll uh, sell it to him. Just let me know. But it doesn't just have to be Ross Olsen. Anything enforcer-related, if you have it, um, reach out to me, uh, especially... As I said, Islanders, Nordiques, uh, and their affiliates. Uh, anything like that, if we can work it out, that's great. If we can't, eh, you know what? It happens. But uh, but I'm always interested in adding to the basement, adding to the collection, and um, anything you may have that you think would look better in the basement, I would appreciate it. So hit me up. That's what the kids say, right? Hit me up. Now, today's guest, Ross Olson. So this episode is actually about a year in the making. Uh I had originally Ross and I have spoken for a couple seasons now, um, via social media, direct messaging, things like that. And uh he was going to come on uh at the end of last season. But like a lot of guys, you know, Ross works in the summers, he does hockey camps. We we touch on that camp in uh, part two. Um and then and I work, so it was uh we could not mesh our schedules together to have him on. So um when I met him this year in Orlando We talked and uh, we said we definitely got to get it done. Uh, I didn't know the news that was going to break, which uh, if you're a Ross Olsen fan or a Solar Bears fan, uh, you know that news already. Um, The news that broke with Ross after the season, I don't want to give it away yet. Uh, if you, if you do know it, then you know it. If you don't know it, we discussed that at the end of part two. Um, but it freed up a little block of time for Ross here. And, uh, and we hooked up last week and we got this done. It's a little over three hours. So I broke it up into two parts. So, um, the cool thing about Ross is, and, and it's, it's also the sad thing about the state of hockey. Now, when, um, when Ross was signed this year. I immediately texted Matt Karkner and said, I think you just signed the most prominent power forward. In, in the ECHL right now, the best power forward, because Ross really, he's not necessarily an enforcer type, although he does rack up the pims and he does rack up the fights, but he plays power, I mean, he's a power play specialist. I mean, you just don't see that with enforcers nowadays, they just don't get the opportunity, but I'm not surprised that a coach like Karks would, would give every player an opportunity, and Ross has silky mitts, as we know, in front of the net, Um but he's the definition of a power forward. I know the new age hockey fans want to call someone like Alex Ovechkin a power forward. I tend to go back to the old school definition where power forward, you got to fight a little bit. And I think Ovechkin has four fights in his career, maybe less. I'm not sure, but listen, I'm not, not comparing Ovechkin and Olsen, I think Ross is probably laughing at this point. I'm just saying in terms of a power forward, Ross Olsen fits my definition of a power forward more than Alex Ovechkin. So, keep your letters to yourself, okay? Um but but Ross is I would I would um think to myself as I would see the way Ross would play and the numbers he would put up, I I just found it hard to believe that he couldn't find a regular job in the American League. And that's something that I will always shake my head at. I I really thought, you know, this guy can hang with anybody in the the American League. He should have been a regular in the American League. That being said, ending up in Orlando, not the worst thing in the world. And I'm sure Ross would agree, especially for him. He likes golf. We touch on that too. But um, I I say it in the episode and, and Ross's personality He's he's a definite character, and the game needs more Ross Olsons. The game needs more characters because as as the game gets, as we lose people, the older players, not that Ross is an older player. I think he probably could have played for a number of more years uh, if he chose to. I guess that's a spoiler alert. Um, but as we start with the younger players coming in, I think we lose the personality. And as we weed out the physical players, we lose the personalities. And I think that's a really sad thing. And I touch on it a lot in my episodes, but I but I mean it. It's really, it's one of the things that you get rid of when you get rid of the physical players because they are the characters and they are the personalities. I mean, think about it. If you're someone my age, I say it all the time. Um, when I was not when I was growing up, when I was a teenager and after the dynasty years with the Islanders when there were some lean times and you'd go to the Coliseum, you saw 16 jerseys everywhere. It was Pat LaFontaine. By far, by far, the the most sold jersey at the time. But then what happens is the Islanders go out and acquire Ken Baumgartner. And I, I'm i telling you, it seemed like within two months, if you looked around the Coliseum, you, saw, you still saw your 16s but you saw 24s. You saw a lot of 24s popping up. And I think that's because people like the physical style. And Baumgartner is a personality. He's a character. Now, he's pretty straight-laced. He's not as big a character as Mick Vakoda. I think we can all agree on that. But Bomber is definitely a character. And the fans love that stuff. And I think as as we get younger, as the sport gets younger, and as we get more players in, like Trevor Ziggrius and the people that they seem to be fawning all over now, It's becoming more vanilla. It's becoming more milk toast. You're losing the personalities. It's becoming more and more like a video game and less and less like actual people playing the game. And just being around Ross for one morning. Now, I knew of his personality before that, obviously, but you can only get so much from text or messages and stuff like that. But seeing the way he was that morning, that's a personality. That, and i that probably goes back to his parents raising him like that. he's very outgoing, he's very gregarious um smart kid and um you know it was uh it was great to meet him and um i'm I'm very happy I did get to meet him when I did so um I think his personality definitely comes out in this interview and um so I guess folks without further ado I have now yammered on for almost 18 minutes about different things and about how cool Ross Olsen is. So why not find out for yourself? So stand by for part 1 of my chat with Ross Olsen. I hope you people enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is someone who I consider a modern day power forward. Uh Islander fans who were fortunate enough to have him play a couple of games with the Bridgeport 13s i think it was uh the islanders at that point i guess ross will tell me i don't know if they're still the sound tigers um because i get confused with that because i refuse to acknowledge the name change but uh but this is a guy man if you're if you're a fan of old-time hockey you love watching this guy play my guest today is ross olsen ross how's it going
1: it's going well can't complain back home in boston enjoying it so
0: well you're really enjoying it coming from orlando (laughs)
1: I don't mind the little uh, little weather change, but Orlando was awesome for the <laughs> golf. For the golf, like we were talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, you're born in uh, North Billerica or Bill yep. Uh
1: North Dorica. it's a different zip code.
0: The reason why I'm asking is, I would say you're the best hockey player coming out of North Billerica. But if we count Billerica, we got to yeah. go Tom Fitzgerald, right?
1: Well, you go. Well, North Billerica, you got Mark McLaughlin. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, but yep, aren't you?
1: Yeah, the, he played. He's he's in Providence right now. Played for the Bruins. Played at BC.
0: Yes, yes, okay. Yep. So you're and number then, two. I mean,
1: in North Berwick, yeah.
0: Okay. What if what <laughs> if I we could... what if we include the whole city? Are you top ten?
1: Uh, I think I could sneak into the top ten, maybe <laughs> nine or ten. But everyone's
0: get... everyone's behind Tommy Fitz, right?
1: Yep, behind Tommy Fitz, Tommy Glavin, Dennis McCauley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dennis, be... Yeah.
0: Okay. Um. So, if I was able to jump into a time machine and go back in time to see a young Ross Olsen, I'm sure you're yeah. still the tallest kid in any oh, yeah. of any of your leagues. But um, when you were out there playing at the rinks, who who did you try to emulate? Who was your favorite player as a kid? I'm assuming that you were a Bruins fan.
1: Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think my favorite player was? I All want right. to hear from you. All
0: right. So, my first instinct would be this would be to say Cam Neely, but I'm but you were young. Yeah, and I think he may have been retired before you were cognizant of that.
1: Yeah, he was retired, but that was my dad's favorite player. So okay. think of a camp, So think of another Cam Neely esque player on Cam the Bruins.
0: Ne- on, but see, my memory is not great. Once you were, think, nine, you think were who ran. Right? A, yeah, ninety-four. He ran a goalie. Who the fuck? So I'm thinking. Well, you comparing him to Cam Neely on the Bruins? Um, I'm lost. Milan Lucic. Oh yeah, see that's the thing. I yeah, he's I, I my since I'm a lot older than you. Yeah, once we get to about the mid '90s, early 2000s, everything is a blur.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: that's so but, Lucic is someone I should have guessed. I also could have said Thornton. Yeah, I I like Lucic's
1: game a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, just between uh, like his goal scoring and he was playing top line minutes. So yeah, and. Played like a absolute pest.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned your dad. Uh, yeah. Now I, uh, your mom and I follow each other on social media. I, I kind of like that. I think I had tweeted something yep. about you uh, once, and she immediately followed me. Um, yep. And I think that's really cool. You know, I'm a parent, and I think I'd be the same way. Yep. Um, let, let's let's give them some credit right from the jump. How important were your parents and your family in general to your hockey journey?
1: Yeah, I mean, huge because whether it was my mom working my mom would always work at night she was a waitress and then my dad would work during the day um he worked uh in various warehouses as managers and whatnot so um i mean they weren't always around like together but they were always with my sister and i bringing us to practice um what bring us practice I'd, sometimes my mom would drive me to my dad's warehouse and i'd be roll blading around his warehouse in between pretty expensive parts and Shooting, shooting plastic pucks, and he's like, "All right, maybe not down that aisle," um, but I mean, yeah, like most most kids and people that I know are super super fortunate, and I was very fortunate too to have two loving parents. And then, uh, grand, my my grandma would always drive me to, to games too. And funny story actually about her driving me to a game. We uh, we were we were late. We went to the wrong rink in Lawrence. There's two rinks in Lawrence, Mass, and we went to the wrong rink and. She was driving and trying to get me there as fast as possible. I was gonna get there by like middle of the second period when I was I don't know, like ten. Mm-hmm. So we're we're driving and she's pulling onto the onto the on ramp and she's going the opposite way. Oh, we're going no. against traffic. On the on ramp. I'm in the back seat getting dressed. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm just going in reverse. I'm like, okay.
0: Oh my god. So luckily we were only on the on ramp, but <laughs> <laughs> Could have been way worse. And, and I'm guessing you made it in time for the second period.
1: Yeah, I made it in time for like the middle of the second period and then the third period. Oh, man.
0: That, what a grandma. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> and then, then I remember when I was maybe like six or seven, she brought me to a public skate. My grandma did. And I was like, you don't tie them tight enough. And she's like, well, you tie him. And I was like, no, you don't. I like my dad tying him. And I ended up having somebody else uh tying them mm-hmm. she's like i'm never tying your skates for you again <laughs> so she would just bring me and drop me off and she wouldn't she wouldn't tie my skates but she well, would always ask somebody else
0: well your dad's got to tie them the tightest i would think you know
1: yeah so oh yeah way mm-hmm. too tight it was like a ski boot
0: yeah i bet i bet so um we'll start with your high school Belrica mm-hmm. memorial high school uh yep. is it true that you earned your diploma in three years yeah i did you're pretty smart yeah, I did did it in college too. Wow, yeah, don't jump ahead yet. <laughs> <laughs> so your coach there, and I, I want to say his name right, Derek Kuna. Oh, that's at Williston. Oh, that's Williston. Okay, so we'll, Williston. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we could talk about him. We don't. Yeah. We, we'll do that. Um, I always like to kind of point out the coaches too in the journey. Yep. Uh, how important was was he to your your growth?
1: Yeah, I mean he he got me he got me to Williston. So I mean, just being able to go to Williston, I went for a year um, after Billerica High, mm-hmm. and I was able to kind of grow as a person off the ice and, and on the ice. And, um, he, he did, he kind of pushed me in ways that I didn't really want to be pushed, especially like there'd be times where I would be writing something in study hall, like for English. And I'd be like, okay, I'm done. And he'd come in and he'd be like, this is not good. <laughs> He's like, if you, if you want to pass classes, like you need to be like right way better. Um, so that's when I started learning, like, Hey, you know what, like education, not when I started learning, but kind of put it into perspective is, Hey, education is even bigger now, uh, at, at such a tough school. Cause Billerica, like I could get, I got by, like I was three, like a three, four, three, five, but then you go to Williston, it's just a different beast. And, um, like he pushed me, he pushed me in that aspect. And, um, just the campus of Willison, uh, was, was unbelievable with the gym and, uh, I kind of set up my own. Um, shooting area, so every morning the doors is unlocked. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like a prison, but I, <laughs> I boarded there. So if you if you left before six a.m., the alarms would go off. Okay. So I would be waiting down there with my roommate uh, Jean Gabriel Lacombe, and he uh, he's from from Quebec. Um, if you couldn't tell from his name, <laughs> yeah. but he uh, him and I would be waiting at the door at like five fifty eight, five fifty nine, and then right when six o'clock hit. We'd walk out, we'd walk over to the rink, which is about half a mile walk. Mm-hmm. And we, we had the bucket of pucks, and we would shoot before we would go, uh, we would shoot in the morning for like an hour and just, just mess around out, out there. And, um, I mean, it was a blast, because then, then I would go, we'd go get breakfast and whatnot, and everyone else, everyone else is getting up, and you know what, like, those little, those things that I would do every every morning, not every morning, but I would probably do that three times and then I would work out the other three times yeah. um, in the morning. That it, just him him pushing me really helped me too because I was like, oh, like it's always easier to do it with somebody, right? And especially a roommate where it's like, all right, I'm getting up, so you better get your ass up. So it was awesome to have that whole camaraderie and meet different people like that. So oh,
0: that's great. Um, so going back to the high school, then uh, yep. you were into a varsity letter all three of your seasons there. Um, no, no. Two no? Years? Only two. Oh, two. Okay. I'm two, sorry. I,
1: I, made, I didn't make varsity my freshman year. What was up with that? Just a really good – we had a really good team, and I would have been like a fourth liner. So Jim Ronski, who um, was my coach actually in the fall, mm. um, put me on JV, and I played 20, 28, 30 minutes a night.
0: I was going to say er, you must have dominated.
1: It was so fun. I had yeah. – like, it was, it was like – I think I – it was like twenty some, 25 games. I think I had like 50-something points. It was a blast. <laughs> but the funny thing is, I was still taking penalties. I still <laughs> found my way in the box. And the thing with, with this guy, with this coach, uh, the coach uh, for JV, uh, he was uh, his name is Lorange. His last name is Lorange, Coach Lorange, and he's a cop. So he's super old school. Mm-hmm. So any penalty, if I had a penalty for two minutes, two-minute penalty, that's ten minutes with a weight vest. So imagine, so I, I one day I had eight penalty minutes in a game, so I, I was on the ice for forty minutes with a thirty-five pound weight fest. Oh my god! And you know I didn't learn. <laughs> no, not at that age. So at the start, at the start, I was like, oh, like I'm still scoring, blah blah blah. Like I'm fine. Like he won't give me the weight fest. So like first week, first month, he was giving it to me, and I'm like, well, it's gotta, it's gotta kind of calm down a little bit. Yeah. I think it ramped up, and I just started, instead of him coming down and giving me the weight vest, because the office was upstairs and we would get dressed downstairs, instead of that, I would just come to the rank, put my gear in in the locker room, and just walk up and grab the (laughs) weight vest. I'd say, I'd always just go, all right, how long do I have it today? He's like, ah, 15 minutes today. like, okay. I'm surprised he didn't just put it in your locker. I mean, that's basically what happened, and everyone else loved it because there was only two weight fests, and I was getting one most of the practices, so everyone else was, they were loving it. <laughs> Thank God there's only one more to give out.
0: So um, you played, I think, it twice, if I'm not mistaken, in the uh, All-Star game against Connecticut, the Massachusetts versus Connecticut. Is that right? I'm trying to think. Well, you played yeah. at least once, right? Yeah, I played once. How were, how were those games? I mean, you're all high school kids. You're all, you yep. know, full of ad- adrenaline. I know, you, you know, their arrival, obviously, you want to yep. kick their ass. It's not like hockey today, let's say. Um, you know, you want to go back home and say we beat their ass. Uh, what were those games like? Um, wait, against Connecticut, you said, or Chelmsford? Well, I, I in my research, it said Connecticut, but okay. I could be wrong.
1: Because the games that were always good for Bill Ricka were, we would always play against Chelmsford, and it was our rival.
0: Okay. All right. So talk about
1: those. Yeah. So those were the best. Like, these are the stories I'll tell, uh, like, everybody about high school hockey, and it's completely different, like you said, nowadays. Uh, Like, back then, like, we would go to school in our, like, in our shirt tie and just look and I, me, I was looking like a big jolly green giant, basically, <laughs> just yeah. a tall, lanky kid. And it's like, and the teachers were like at, at Bill Rica. They were always, "Hey, oh, it's Chumster tonight. Like, good luck, blah blah blah." And then uh, we would always play good games with them. Like, there was one year, my junior year, so my last year at Bill Rica, we um, we were down four two in the playoffs, and we were we were a two seed. They were like a twelve seed. And this was in Chelmsford. Um, so it, it's weird. Chumpsford Forum is in Belricka, but Belricka sold it, so um, it's where you Lowell used to play. Okay. So it's so it's seated on both sides. So like Belricka would always have newspapers, like whenever they were doing like their starting lineup, everyone would have newspapers. It was so cool. <laughs> and and then like the this is our rank chant would always come from Billerica, or This is our town chant. Uh, but that year, I'll never forget, we were down 4-2 with eight minutes left in the game. We were 2-seed. They were 12 or 13-seed. So we should have easily won. We're down 4-2 and, we're like, and all of a sudden we score one with five minutes left. We score another with like three minutes left. And we're like, all right, well, hey, we're getting it to overtime. And all of a sudden, uh, Artie Raposo actually... Um, I'll never forget forget it. It was a shot from the point. He scored with, I think, like twenty two seconds left in the game, and the place went absolutely <laughs> berserk on our side. Like newspapers were getting thrown. Like everyone was crumpling newspapers up, throwing them, and then the other side was just absolute silence. Oh. And like that's the stuff. Like I'm getting chills thinking yeah. about it. But, like th- those are the games that pro hockey will like never match that type of intensity right. and that type of and even college hockey, like, some spots in college hockey, right, like, mm-hmm. are really good, uh, but I think nothing matches how good it was back back in the day. I wish it was like that still. Like, Minnesota high school hockey is unbelievable, and I wish that's how it was in Massachusetts and other s- spots, but mm-hmm. it is what it is, but it's an unreal, like, atmosphere. No better feeling.
0: Do you think it's still like that in Minnesota now?
1: Yeah, it is. Is it still? Okay. It is. Yeah, so they still have like the state state tournament and it's like 20,000 people go to Excel Energy Center. Oh, wow. It's absolutely insane.
0: How how important is hockey in Massachusetts? I mean, I think we all, even for someone like myself not from there, you know BU, BC, you know the smaller yep. schools, you know how important it is for the high school kids like just stories that you're telling right now but i'm sure a lot of a lot of young kids get their identity from hockey starting at an early age
1: yeah i mean you always like for me all my friends were hockey kids were hockey guys and then we ended up playing baseball as well but it all started with hockey like my best friend from that lives in bill or from bill Rick, he's he's a golfer he's an assistant pro uh now in new york but i met him through hockey and um like you just grow that friendship through hockey because i don't know what it is but hockey the guys are always way closer um in the whether it's in the locker room outside like around school i just feel like it's a tighter tighter i mean it's a smaller team because it's like 20 25 guys but the teams are always every team i've been on like you have friends for lifetimes and like i don't know if i ever had that with baseball or um soccer i mean i i golf's different because it's not much of a team sport, but it is. Uh, but it's completely different. Like, hockey's just a different animal, in my opinion. Like, it helps kids get through some stuff, like, with their with uh, whatever's going on, maybe with their family or, um, like, you, I, I've worked with some kids that have, have had divorced divorced parents, right? And, like, things aren't great at home, but they come to the rink and it's just kind of their sanctuary, you could call it. And, and they, they'll talk to kids have talked to me about it and like it's whatever i can give back and i know like i never went through that type of stuff which i'm luckily i never had to um like i said i had a great family and uh but it's a sanctuary for some of these kids and not just mass but like minnesota michigan all over like chicago where you can name it um but it's more of a sanctuary and you kind of get away it's almost like because the way i think of is you most most ranks are like a little uh little uh, like it's almost like a dome right so it's almost like hey once you walk into the rink there's no phones or no outside world so it's changed a little bit nowadays right but back in the day uh, like when i was in, in in high school like there's no one was ever on their phone we were always messing around playing pranks in the locker room or whatever it was like laughing smiling um, so that's just how it is and i don't know it's weird that it, it's just hockey but that's that's from my experience so it's different
0: I think it's because, and this is just my opinion from the outside, you guys, like you say, once you're in the, once you're in the room, that's your mm-hmm. room and yeah. those are your brothers mm-hmm. and you go to war with them. And and I, what I hope, and, and I don't, I think it's hoping against hope the way that the game has changed. Now I'm, I fear that that's going to kind of go by the wayside. I think it's in in some ways the way that the game has changed is good, but I think in other ways it's bad and I, and I see it now for for someone like myself, I notice things like this. It, it, you guys have this bond. You go to battle, 20 guys, 25 guys in the room, whatever it is. You go to battle every night. At that for those 3 hours, that's your brother. Nowadays, it almost seems like guys are, some guys still have that mentality, but it almost seems like some guys are worried about their brand and what they could do on Instagram and all this other stuff. And I worry that in the near future, you may lose some of that old school mentality. But I think that that is something that I think attracted me to the game when I was younger growing up with the Islander dynasty team. And then as I got older and I was able to meet a lot of the guys who, who played the enforcer role and th- that whole role is about, you know, being a teammate and protecting your brother. So I think if, if I could maybe put it into words, what you were, what you were saying, I think that has a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're spot on. Like you said, like it is changing and it, it... It kind of sucks, but yeah. it, it, it's good for the brand, I get for hockey. Like, with all the Instagram, like, the Swaggy P and all those Instagram guys, like, I, I don't like it, yeah. but it's good for the brand. It's bringing, mm-hmm. hey, everything's about money, right? Like, yep. it's bringing money to the game, and I don't know. I, I think there's always a part of the game to have a guy like Lucic or uh, Reeves, or, like, they can still play the game, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, those those guys are, like, diamond it's tough to find it's like needle in a haystack now and i i think i mean you you look at a team like the bruins like mm-hmm. i know i'm a Bruins fan so i might be a little biased uh but i mean you know what even the islanders they have a guy they have matt martin and clutterbuck and sezikis like mm-hmm. that that's a line those those are guys that you need to have around in your locker room that are older guys but not even that old right like right, they're right. early 30s yeah but they play a hard game and an honest game mm-hmm. and they'll stick up for for guys that that'll take runs on barzell or um, whatever whatever happens um and same with the bruins like bringing in felino and bringing in bertuzzi um like those are big pickups i know mm-hmm. a lot of people were pissed off about the felino pickup yeah in the offseason a couple of years ago but i know that he's getting paid a lot but i think he deserves it because what he brings to the locker room i know he's playing four or five minutes but what he brings to the locker room is something you can't pay too a lot for because hey if he brings the Stanley Cup no one's going to know how much you paid him that you yeah. paid him four mil five mil so and and a guy like Bertuzzi plays he's, he's an he's a younger guy that plays game the right way too and I mean and then the other guys with the Kachuks right like yeah. on Florida like those are my I love those guys yeah. mm-hmm. so but it's tough and there's not many anymore
0: no, and even here on the island, you mentioned those guys, and we have a nuclear weapon that can't get into a game And Ross Johnston. He plays yeah. maybe 15 games a year, and yep. he's only playing against, you know, Reeves or Lucic or guys like that, and it sucks because – And because here's a guy he's, you know, everyone's like, well, he's making a million dollars a year. He has a great seat. He doesn't have to do much. And I go, but that's not the mentality of the athlete. It's not that like for me. All right. Hey, give me a million bucks. I'll go and sit on the bench or sit in the press box. But I always tell people that say that I'm like, the reason why he made it to the NHL is because you don't want to be in the press box. You don't want to be on the bench. That's why he's making a million dollars a year because that's the, the mindset of of a professional athlete, and some people just will never get it.
1: Mm-hmm. No, so. I agree.
0: I mean, it is
1: tough for a guy like him too. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, maybe he should be in the lineup a little bit more. But then you have these young guys, and you always want to give give it to the young guys. So I get that. Like, I hope some, I hope something changes where young players are going to start playing with some more grit and some more. I mean, honestly, some some more cojones. Like, yeah, yep. That's what you need. Like, get into the corner, get dirty. So. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I know. I was trying to talk to guys this year about, yeah. and it, it, it is tough because it is a different game from. I mean, it's crazy. A different game from when I was started four years ago. Yeah, I and, feel old, but
0: well, get me and your dad on the phone, and we could talk about the '70s. Oh, my dad would talk about Terry O'Reilly when <laughs> yeah. it stands mm-hmm. at MSG. Well, that's it, and it's funny because now I'll watch the games with my son. My, you know, both my sons will watch it, but my oldest is 22, yep. and we'll watch the games and at least once a game he'll look at me because he knows I'm getting pissed cuz nothing's happening and I'm yep. just like I go man if if he did that to with Mick Vakota out there he would have ran the goalie or yep. you know like there's no there's no you know this like now guys can camp out in front of the net yep. and nobody hits them and I'll just say Joey if that was against Eric Cairns Eric Cairns would have broke the, broke hit the guy that guy's back with his yep. stick yeah, and yeah, yeah. I said, that guy would never come in the crease again. So <laughs> it's like, it's probably similar. Like, I'm sure your dad and I would get along famously yep. because that's the hockey that we grew up on and we miss.
1: Well, it's funny because remember, I think it was game
0: two? Corey Perry was in the box,
1: or maybe game one. Corey Perry was in the box in Toronto. Mm. And I think stuff was being said to him and like the refs had to come in. Yeah. And I was like, imagine that was Ty Domi <laughs> back in the day. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> it, it's tight, always pulling that fan by the neck. Down, exactly. Down and that
0: floor. that clown is all over social media. Yeah. Right. And I'm going, he's an ass. Like he's making yeah. an ass out of himself. Because I don't care how tough you are. And I, I Corey Perry it, it plays like an asshole. And that's why he's been in the I league so long. That's why he's been in the league so long. Yeah. That's why he's made all the money he's played. Because every time your team plays against a Corey Perry team, you hate him. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you this guy's talking shit to everyone in the in the penalty box and it's like, dude, what are you gonna do? Like really, if you wanna do something, I'm sure they could arrange it. You know, yeah, everyone exactly. turn off your phones and yep. you know, let's see how tough this guy is, you know. Exactly. Like, I, I think it's just everyone's looking for their fifteen minutes now, they wanna be Instagram famous, but yep. let, let's get back to you. Yep. So um you mentioned it a few times already. I know you're a pretty avid golfer. When did that start? Yep.
1: Um I probably started playing when I was 12. Okay. And then I played in high school um, at Bill Billerica, and then I went to Williston, played at Williston. Um, so it's funny, actually. So I was all right. I just whack it around. And then um, my going into, like I was maybe not whacking around, but I was maybe like a 13, 14 handicap going into after junior year. And my best friend ended up going to school for uh, to become a PGA pro. Uh, like teacher uh, golf pro golf pro that's what it is mm-hmm. and that's what he's doing now but at the time he had to do internships and stuff and part of his internship was to teach teach somebody like x amount of hours mm-hmm. like so he called me he's like hey do you want to can i can i work with you i was like what do you mean he's like yeah like you do your thing during the day so i would skate work out and then i would go to the course at like five o'clock and he worked at um, at, 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 the course and he, uh, would have to do the carts. So he said, all right, well, I'll, I'll help you on the range and we, we'll play golf, um, like three or four days a week and I'll videotape you and of golfing and, and, uh, I'll help your swing. And his, this, it went from, I went from a 14 handicap down to a six handicap in the summer. Wow. So uh, he was able to help me out and all I had to do in return was help him with the carts, like wash them and pull them in. I was like, this is a great, I was like, this is a great deal. (laughs) So I'd I'd be working, I'd work out like in the morning, I'd work out maybe like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. I'd go skate at like 12 to 12 to two. I'd go grab lunch. And then, um, then I would go meet my buddy at like five o'clock at the course. And then we would be around there until it dark. And then I would get home at like eight. So it was, it was was a blast. I had, I
0: loved it. Well, I, I've, like I said, I know a lot of hockey guys. I know golf is like the uh, – you have to be a – golf you have to play golf yes. if you play hockey. Yep. If you ever get a chance, the one guy that I, I loves golf more than anyone I know is Brad May. Really? So, yes, he is I, – I think he might like Mayday? golf more than hockey. Yes, you remember him. He scored that goal against Boston. Yeah. 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 Loves golf. Absolutely the, loves it. Against who? The Devils, right? No, the Bruins. The Mayday I May- goal. I thought Mayday was against the – Devils. That was against Andy Moog. No. Yes. I'm looking it up. Look it up. I am. Now. I am. I am. I am. And yesterday or two days ago is the anniversary. Come on. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm an idiot. But that's him. He absolutely loves golf. And uh, I I'm not a golfer, but if I could pick someone to yeah. play golf with. It'd be him. He's, he's so passionate. Really? Yes. Really? So run into him at some point.
1: You know what? I don't know why I doubted you. I don't know why I thought it was <laughs> uh it was the Rangers. Rangers against the Devils. Who scored that goal?
0: Messier. The
1: no, it was about... a no there's no name no name guy. Wasn't it against the Devils? Rangers When? It was during their cup run.
0: I just the remember Rangers cup De- run? Yeah. Oh Mattel. you're talking about Stephanie Mateau. Mattel, yes, Mattel. I hate that call. I hate that call. That's a great call. It's a great call if you if you don't hate the Rangers. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's a great call if you don't hate them. But, uh, yep. but yeah, that's Mattel. Yeah. So, okay, uh, I got those. I got those confused. Well, they're both great calls. I am I'm, I'm more. I prefer the Mayday call more though. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how was the style of play at Williston compared to Bill Ricca? Was it was it a severe upgrade?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say it was an it was a it was an upgrade. Like I I struggled uh, statistically there and everything. Um, my thing was I just the time and space was like the big difference. Mm-hmm. So it took me a little time, and then when I did get time and space, I would try to I would grip my stick way too tight. I'd be missing the net and. Like Cunha actually taught me, he's like, "Hey, you don't have to be picking corners; just hit the net, and you never know what happens. Like, you can get a rebound, rebound goal. You can it'll it could squeak through. Um, so, like, that's something that I, that I learned from him was, hey, it doesn't have to be hard; it doesn't have to be. You don't have to pick a corner; you just hit the net, and you'll give yourself a chance. Worst comes to worst, he makes the save, right? Like, but if you keep shooting it, if you get five or six shots a game, you you should score one. Um, and you know what? Like, I didn't learn it till later." Probably uh, later, like in college, I would say. But I wasn't. I was more of a. Peri- I was playing around the perimeter a little bit too much. I thought because at the time I was going to Northeastern. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But we. I was going there, and I. I did think I was better. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a, a young, young. I, I wish I knew what I knew now, but I was. I was. I was younger, and I was immature um i thought i was better and i didn't have to do the 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 work didn't have to put the work in and um you know what like i i learned the hard way and like it it is what it is and you know what it all it all works out for for the better because now like i'm like you know what no one's gonna outwork me like they can go piss off if they think (laughs) they're gonna try to work harder than me or like get better like that's something that i always pride Took pride in once I honestly, sadly, it was once I got to to Endicott was when I started really taking pride in it. I wish I did it earlier, but hey, that's that's why I coach in the summer so I can tell these kids, hey, like anytime you can be doing X, Y, and Z, like don't don't take anything for granted, type deal. So yeah.
0: Now, um, you, you mentioned Northeastern. So mm-hmm. did you accept the scholarship to Northeastern uh, while you were at Williston?
1: uh before i was before at
0: williston, williston. Actually. yeah before williston yeah so what's that process like was northeastern the only school or were there other schools that were uh trying to get you to come there
1: yeah there was actually a good amount of schools like i was i mean like brown like brown northeastern bu uh vermont like a lot of the all like hockey ccac teams mm-hmm. um and i ended up going with northeastern because i wanted to play in the bean pot right mm. like any boston kid wanted to play in the bean pot and, yep. um that was the big reason why i picked it but hey didn't and didn't end up working out but um uh, that was that was the big reason why i ended up picking northeastern was the bean pot and really good business school so i got you
0: and um you did play um you played for usa team columbia now i don't know what yep. that was about uh but you got to wear a usa jersey right so so what that is, that's
1: a select, it was a select 16. Yeah? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: like there's six teams. So it's a USA festival mm-hmm. and it's like the top kids from all, all over, uh, United States. Okay. And we got to play against each other and we would compete against each other. So they were all 94s.
0: Okay. And so how- it was like,
1: like Alex Galchaniak was one of the top players there.
0: He sounds very American. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> he, he is, which is great. No, I know.
0: <laughs> So how was that tournament, though? Was it cool? Kind of test awesome, what you Mike. have so, against the others.
1: Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like that was a big time where I was like, you know what? Like, there's a lot of skill out there, and that's this is when I have to play a harder game, mm-hmm. um, and, and and find a new identity. And I'm not just a skill guy anymore. And um and and I was able to go against guys like that, and um you know like it was it was a blast. It was a week long. Um, all the college scouts were there so i was I was uncommitted at the time and then ended up committing to northeastern after that um, but I had a really i had a really good uh, tournament there and and open doors
0: now at any point during this time are you is the NHL a goal? Like, are you looking to the NHL? Because I read somewhere that mm-hmm. um, for the 2013 draft, you you made the uh, A-list for Central Scouting in the, in the yeah. initial rankings. Um, so is that something that was on your mind, like, as a, a, a long-term goal?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it really wasn't on my mind. I was just kind of playing, having fun, um, doing my thing, and, like, playing the game the right way. And then, like I said, like, the immaturity kind of st- stepped in and I thought I was way better than, and I stopped playing my game, right? Like mm-hmm. I started playing more perimeter and not going to the net, and that was when it kind of took a not a tumble, not a tumble, but um, I went from I had a really good summer, worked worked my ass off, and then um, ended up going um, and and like <laughs> the foot speed when I went out to um, Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Like mm-hmm. those guys, there ninety ones, ninety twos out there, mm-hmm. so they were older than me, and I was, thought I would be fine. I thought I'd be slotted in. You know what I mean, like, and anyone that goes out there, they're like, "Oh, I'll play top six. It's like, <laughs> well, now I know. Yeah. Um, I ended up being fourth, fifth line, mm-hmm. um, and you know what, like, my foot speed wasn't wasn't great, and I wasn't playing a hard game, and um, I wasn't doing anything to keep me in the lineup type deal. Mm-hmm. So I kept going in, out, in, out. So it kind of put, messed with me a little bit, and uh, then ended up getting traded to Cedar Rapids, which was awesome, and playing for Mark Carlson. He was he was great for the skill development side of things, and uh, and I loved it there. So
0: now um, we're, we're going to talk about the USHL. Uh, were, did any of the uh, Canadian junior teams have their eyes eyes on you at all?
1: Yeah, I was going to go to uh, Nanaimo actually mm. in the in, in the BCHL. Yeah, but um, I said, uh, uh, but I ended up wanting to stay in in the United States and mm-hmm. uh, play in the USHL. But
0: now you've mentioned a few times about. Um, you know foot speed positioning this and that but now you're you're a young kid and you're really tall how you have a disadvantage Mm -hmm. that a lot of smaller kids have don't you yeah i mean i grew seven inches in the summer
1: so that definitely didn't help and um i didn't i mean it was so hard like with the coordination side of things and Mm -hmm. like i said the foot speed side of things it was tough like being i want to say at one point i was 6'3 180 pounds wow okay so you could have <clears throat> I, I would have, i was getting pushed over by wind yeah yeah um so it was tough like at, at times when i was when i was 15 16 being that i mean not tall but that skinny mm-hmm. and, and and then i was able to put weight on but a little little later in life and but yeah like that was the big thing was like the coordination and, and i'll tell all the all the kids that i work with this summer um, and, and fall is hey get on, get in the jump rope get your get your coordination down because if you can if you can move your feet like you'll be able to play where anywhere. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you get drafted by Lincoln, yep. And like you said, it was sort of a wake up call. Uh, but I like to ask people this about some of the guys they played with. And now I believe when you were there, you played with uh, Zach Aston Reese. Yep. yeah, I did. Now yep. I always ask guys like this. Now he's had a really good NHL career. Yep. Could you tell at the time that? you know, he was maybe just that much better than everyone? Or was it like a work ethic thing? Or, But did he stand out as a guy like even back then?
1: For me, he stood out because, like, he was a guy that I kind of wanted to play like, right? Like, he was a power forward who could skate. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's. And then he played like that in Lincoln and then got a scholarship to Northeastern and then ended up being a skill guy, like a point guy at Northeastern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did he win the Holby or was up for the Holby I want to say he was a finalist at least. He might have won it, to be honest, okay. uh, his senior year. And then, and then you see him, and he's having so much success, uh, especially this year in Toronto. He's having so much success, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was, he, he was a guy that was kind of a guy more on the quiet side.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but would do his talking with his play, and and he played hard, like very hard. And he was a guy that I I wanted to kind of play like and imitate my game after.
0: You taught him everything he knows, right? I tried to. <laughs> when I, had, I told him what I told him what I showed him what not to do. <laughs> when I had uh, Karks on here, we talked about how much influence he had on Eric Carlson's career. Taught him everything he knows. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh, I, I, there's not much video uh, from your time from your time in the USHL. So yeah. I did I did find some of the names that you may have battled with. Um, a couple of guys. One guy I actually know, and and I think you may have been a teammate of his later on. But it was the COVID season. Cedi Lacroix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell me, I I know you know I know his dad. That's how old you know. I I I knew his dad. I met I met him this year actually. For you know, we would speak similar to you where we'd speak online. Uh, I spoke to Seti too, and uh, finally got to meet him this year in person. And you yep. fought him that first year, and then uh did you play with him? End up playing with him in Indy. Yeah, I played with him uh, for a month in Indy. Okay, so what was six. it? Uh, what was it like before you played with him? Because uh, he's a, it's in his blood. You know, scrapping's yep. in his blood. So, yeah, do you remember uh, scrapping with him?
1: Yeah, I remember it was my first ever fight. Okay, so I, I was like, what's going on? And I just remember f- fighting him and. I uh, had the and I had my hand here, like behind him, and I ripped his helmet off. Yeah, and I didn't know it was a game misconduct, so oh. they were escorting me off the ice. I'm like, what's going on? Why, why are <laughs> you getting to get kicked out? Uh, but yeah, that was my first ever fight. I don't think I'd fared too well it in it, but I mean, I, but it is what it is. And yeah, um, it was it was funny. It's funny that I ended up playing with them. What was it? 10 no eight years later maybe Some give like
0: or yeah yeah mm-hmm.
1: so it was funny because we looked at each other i was like i fought you i was like you, you were my first fight he's like yeah he's, i was like i hated you he's like yeah i was like he's he was like yeah everyone usually hates me and i was like yeah same here so but no he he's another guy with a high motor yeah like a high high motor on and off the ice yeah. sometimes too much off the ice yeah oh yeah okay but, but but he 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 means well and mm-hmm. um he'll rub guys the wrong way but like yep. I, I I enjoyed him as a teammate because like we like we said earlier like he's a he's a guy that will play hard and, and has some skills so
0: yeah yeah go on YouTube watch some of his dad's stuff everyone hated oh. playing against his dad too
1: yeah I I've I've heard
0: yeah super tough you know he brought he was like uh he was a center so okay. you could put two tough wingers on his line. And yep. you had grit at all three positions. And Gee. he could play, too. So, mm-hmm. um, he and he played on some real tough teams in Binghamton when they were the Rangers Farm Club back Whoa. in the day. So, uh, but but real smart guy. I mean, really, yep. really, really smart. So, uh, I love He's with I love the Leafs Sager. now, right? I think he's with the Leafs now, right? Who, Danny, his dad? Yeah, he's working with them? Uh, I thought he was coaching in the Quebec League, but I'm not sure. Oh, I'd have to look that up, so you know uh, a couple other guys again nothing may have happened but i'm going to throw some names that maybe to jog the memory uh a guy on omaha named tucker pullman and connor yep. mcglynn of sioux city anything memorable with those guys tucker
1: pullman i remember i fought him i hit Matty goudreau and it was in lincoln we were playing omaha i hit Matty goudreau mm-hmm. and tucker pullman came up and we ended up fighting it was a quick fight nothing nothing crazy and then who's the other i don't remember the other
0: uh, Connor McGlynn, Sioux
1: City. No, I don't yeah. remember him.
0: Yeah, it might not have been anything, but I like remember. I said, it's but yeah, hard.
1: Tucker, yeah, Tucker, Pool, Tucker Pullman, I remember it was, it was like, I think we both got a couple th- punches in and, mm. and then I, and then I ended up seeing him on Winnipeg. I'm like, wait a second.
0: <laughs> You're, you jumpstart all these guys' careers. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, carts did the same thing. <laughs> so... You're you're playing you're you're moving along there in Lincoln and now you get traded to Cedar Rapids. So yeah. uh how did that come about? And at that point do they how did they tell you? I mean, you're you're still a kid and now you're right. being traded. So yep. so how how did you react to that?
1: Yeah, I mean I was pretty distraught to be honest. because it was the first time I had ever moved teams really uh, during the season. But, um I mean I wasn't playing much in they called me in and told me I was going to Cedar Rapids, and uh, I was I was pretty excited because I've heard I heard a lot of good things about Carlson, mm-hmm. uh, Matt uh, Carlson, and he uh, about like the development side of things, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he he was he was actually awesome on the development side of things. Um, so what the deal was was you either got a job, took classes, or you would come in um, at 9 a.m. and do extra skating or shoot pucks and. It was actually me and Andrew Potterowski, We lived right next to each other, and him and I would always go to the rink. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to work or take extra classes, right? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the rink. And I, you're playing juniors. What else do you have to do? You have to, right? You have to. You're, it's almost like pro hockey, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so I took that. And, um, I I felt like I got a lot, a lot better, like skating wise, especially because he was a, he was big into that. But funny story about going going from Lincoln to Cedar Rapids. I was 15, 20 minutes into my drive, just packed car, and I'm going 85, got pulled over. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, sir, you know how fast you were going? I was like, no, sorry. He's like, you were going 85. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not really thinking right now. Like, I was just with Lincoln, and I'm getting. I'm driving to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And he's like, oh, you run the Lincoln Stars? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, that's too bad that you're leaving, uh, blah, blah, blah. And ended up giving me just a warning. Yeah. But I was going like eighty five and I was like, <laughs> Oh man, I this is not the start I want. But it was it was fine, just the way that it started. I was like, You gotta be kidding
0: me. <laughs> well, and when you got there, at some point, like you were talking about your development, it really picked yep. up and you played in the top prospects game, right?
1: Yep, yeah. So yep. that
0: must have been it must have felt like night and day from the start of the season.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, it was it was awesome. So I played in the USA Top Prospects game. That was to start of the year. That was in September, mm-hmm. um, and then halfway through the year, when I got traded, I ended up playing in the uh, USHL Top Prospects game, mm-hmm. and that was in Muskegon. Um, both are really good experiences. The American, the All American Top Prospects game was unbelievable. Like in Buffalo, some great players like Seth Jones was there. Um, I'm trying to think, like Ryan Fitzgerald was there. Frankie Vatrano, like the list goes on and on. You can look at if you look at the list from 2012. There's probably five of us that didn't play an NHL game, and that was one of them. Right. <laughs> um, I was I was dash four in that game, so that was tough. Oh, I, wow, I, okay. I, was Fitzger- I was going against Ryan Fitzgerald. I was going against Ryan Fitzgerald and Seth Jones. I was like, this is this is tough.
0: That's tough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's tough. And we we lost five two, but I was da- I was dash four. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is not a good start. I was like, all oh, the scouts in the stands are crossing me off with a sharpie right now
0: <laughs> and
1: so so then so, so then and then uh halfway through the season was the uh ushl prospects game and that was that was that was better like i played with uh actually played on a line with cam darcy who's in florida right now so okay uh, he's a mass, he's a mass guy so um actually played on a line with him and um that and that went and that went well. I can't remember the score or what happened really, but I just know it was way better than the All American Prospects game <laughs> as a stat, uh, stat sheet wise. Yeah.
0: Now is this the year when this season would have finished? Uh, would this have been your draft year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And did did any teams contact you at all? Or
1: yeah, there's. Uh contacted my age it was like minnesota wild and actually the islanders were the two teams that reached out the most okay they were like oh we'll take you late we'll take you late i'm like okay sounds good like thinking fifth sixth seventh round
0: yeah and then
1: nothing and, and actually auto senators as well yeah um, were, we're on there but nothing ended up coming of that and so funny story about that so i was just following the draft like we, we were hanging out in my backyard and i was following it and then on monday i go to the gym and my trainer uh, at the time <laughs> She, he was like uh, he's like congrats I'm like on what he's like you got drafted right I'm like no he's like well there's a guy that I thought I read that you got drafted to Ottawa and it ended up being and I looked and I was like no way like, I was like no way maybe I missed it so I looked and it was it was another guy from Massachusetts uh, Timmy Boyle oh. and I was like I was like
0: this is the wrong guy he's like oh I must have been having too many cold ones that day I was like you motherfucker. So did you get any invites or anything uh, to any camps or even AHL camps or anything?
1: No, I, yeah. so I never went to a development camp, never went to an AHL camp. So, mm. um, I mean, at the time my, I didn't really have an agent per se. Yeah. Um, which probably was bad was like, I, my dad, like I said, my dad played in high school and that's really it. And like, we ne- we didn't know too much about it. Right. And looking back, like, I wish we ended up having an agent. Right. Uh, but it is what it is, and mm-hmm. like now, that's like I said, like that's why I'm coaching, and that's why I'm helping kids. Yeah. Like, I might not be an agent, but I can help move them along. Say, hey, this is good. No, this is bad. I wouldn't go there. Yeah. Type deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wish I would. I do wish I had like an agent or advisor that was more like I had one, but mm-hmm. he wasn't really dialed in per se. I got
0: gotcha. you. Um, so now, uh, prior to the next season. Yep. you get traded again, uh, Tri city. Yep. Yep. So it's nothing you want to get accustomed to, but how did that come about? Yeah, that one, that one was, uh, more of a numbers thing. It was, um, uh, he,
1: Carlson was bringing in a lot of guys and, and he had a lot of guys coming back and, um, he ended up trading me to Tri city and I played for Haugi. Uh, Hauji. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at training camp with Cedar Rapids and ended up getting traded during training camp. Okay. Um, and that and that happened but it is what it is and yeah. uh, Tri city I was almost a damn suit I was a damn suitcase that year yeah. I think I played yeah. from, I think I was on four I, I was in four locations that mm-hmm. my second year Yeah um uh, but yeah so I went to Tri-City and got a really good opportunity there they treated me well and um I was with Hau, uh with Hauji and then he ended up getting let go that year mm-hmm. um so when he got let go they kind of cleaned house and then I ended up uh, actually going to Springfield in the NA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think I was there a month, month and a half. Yep. I didn't. I got there and pulled into the rink, and the rink was it was like a state rink, and it was a there was a pool that was wasn't filled. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I called the coach. I'm like, hey, I'm at a pool in a state park. <laughs> They're like, yep, you're in the right spot. I'm like, you. I hung up, and I'm like. Sitting in my car, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. So I'm going from, I'm going from Lincoln to Cedar Rapids to Tri City, all really nice ranks, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you've got to be fucking shitting me. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, and and one thing leads to another, and um, I was there, like I said, a month month and a half, and I was like, I, I I asked, I was like, can I go somewhere else? Yeah, like please. So then. They ended up sending me to Fairbanks. Yeah. So that was was crazy. That was awesome. So I ended up going to Fairbanks, and they flew me out. Um, So what I did was I drove my car from Springfield to Chicago, Mm -hmm. and one of my teammates in Springfield that I was really close with uh, let me keep my car there. So Mm -hmm. I kept the car there in the driveway and ended up flying to Fairbanks and went up there and i was like you know what like this will be a blast like Mm -hmm. let's see how let's see how this goes yeah and ended up going there uh we ended up winning the robertson cup Mm -hmm. and i I was playing like second third line minutes with some power with with some second power play um was an impact was like pretty pretty impact player and would fight up there and protect Mm -hmm. protect guys like kind of what i do now yeah and Mm -hmm. that's kind of when i started really learning like how to not how to play but like learning my role and, and everything like that. Um, and I had an absolute blast. Like I, it was fine. My billet parents are from Billerica
0: is in, in Fairbanks.
1: Yeah. From, no Billerica. Kidding. from Billerica. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> I didn't know them or anything, but yeah. like they grew up in Billerica and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No way. This is, this is happening.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but like we would ride ride around on ATVs and, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, go salmon salmon fishing, and uh, the dad he was in the military. He was a para, para is a paratrooper, mm-hmm. paratrooper. The guy, the guys that jump out of the planes. Yep. And he was he was a paratrooper. Um, so I think they said like ninety five percent of the population in Fairbanks at the games were mm-hmm. military. Oh yeah. So it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So half the side, there was one half of the side was a dry side, and the other half was like wet dr- mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. and the dry side were like for the fans that were weren't were uh, trying to get rid of it and like stop drinking and stuff yeah so like I've never seen something like that before yeah. I was like this is
0: crazy
1: like this <laughs> this is crazy but like the fans were unbelievable like during our Robertson Cup run there was uh, behind the nets it was standing room mm-hmm. and it was like six seven rows deep is that right? Uh, it was insane, and my so funny. My, my parents ended up uh, make going up there and making the trip up there for the Robertson Cup, and so they were there with me, my mom
0: and dad uh, during during the whole championship run, which was awesome. I recently had Justin Johnson on the show oh. here, and he's an Anchorage native, yep. and we discussed uh, a lot about Alaska because it's probably the one state that we, as anyone. Like where you're in Massachusetts, I'm from New York. Yeah, it's so intriguing because most of us will never get there, right. right? And you had the chance to go there at a young age, and like the stuff that you said, it's got to be different from any experience you had ever had before and since.
1: Oh, it's crazy! Like my billet dad would bring home. He would go out hunt, hunting, yeah, and he'd bring home moose, like in burgers, and then he yeah. like bur- moose burgers and moose meat. I'm like. They're like, yeah, anything you want. It's in that deep freezer. I'm like, the what? They're like, yeah, the deep freezer. And they showed me. I'm like, this is all meat that you've hunted. So it's it's. I thought I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Like I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't be able to live up there. Yeah. But going up there for those four or five months Mm -hmm. was pretty cool, and it was sunny the whole time I was there. Oh, that's excellent.
0: Um, it ended well, obviously the season, but that was your fifth team in two years. Yeah. I mean for again for even for a grown adult that would be that would take its toll. Um how was it for you still at that young age and maybe because it ended so well maybe that made it easier but while it's all going on your head has to be spinning.
1: Yeah, I mean from tri- going from Tri-City to Springfield, yeah. I was like, you know what like Cause I had offers. I was gonna come back and play for. There's two teams back here mm-hmm. uh, that I was gonna play for, in Matt and in the New England area. Mm-hmm. And then I, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm already out here. Let's just go to Springfield. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Springfield and uh, playing there. But it, it 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 did take a little toll on yeah. me. But like you said, like ending ending like that um, was a big reason why it was like a a good season. But yeah. like that was a big reason why my final year I ended up coming back back to Mass and playing for the Islanders and playing for Sean Trombley was because there's more stability there. Yeah, Um, And and I was in front of more college coaches. And, like, I could have went back to Fairbanks, but I just didn't, like, I loved it there, but I just didn't see a need to go all the way out there if I wanted to go to school in Massachusetts, right? So
0: Was uh, the NAHL similar to the USHL in terms of style, or was it uh, not as high caliber? It wasn't,
1: I don't want to say it wasn't as high caliber. I would say yeah. it was a little grittier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like USHL was a lot more skill.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so you already answered my next question, how you ended up with the Islanders. Um, so that year, I mean, 41 points, 50 games, 115 penalty minutes. Uh, so you were scrapping a bit. So here's my question no, for you. No, No fights. No fights. No fights. You we had a cage on. We weren't allowed to fight. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. So you're not scrapping. You're probably just high sticking guys a lot. Yeah. Cross checking guys. Yep. Now, here's a trivia question for you. So that year you were third in the league in penalty minutes. Yep. Your teammate, Nathan Ferrero, led the league. Yep. Yep. Do you, do you know who was second in between the two of you? Was it Mazza? It was Mazza. Yeah. So uh so do you remember playing against him? Wait, I do remember PAL playing
1: against them on PAL Islanders. Yeah. yeah, I remember playing against him. It was fu- it's funny, like uh, so he was he was deep partners with a kid that I ended up going to college with. Oh yeah, Sam Vincent. Okay. So I'll never forget. I'll absolutely never forget this story. So I get a penalty in PAL, and I was going at it with Sam Vincent um, the whole like the whole weekend, and this was the second game, and he's like, "I'll give you two minutes. The next two minutes, you can fight me." And I'm like, I'm in the penalty box. though. he's like, ah, well, he's like, then jump the bench. And I'm like, all right, all right. He's like, and I ended up not doing anything, yeah. but like looking back, like next year we ended up being teammates and we would talk about it all the time. But like Maz and I, like just like how we were in Adirondack and we'll like, we would always like, there was a respect, but like yeah. we would always battle. Mm-hmm.
0: What, uh, what's it like playing against him? Before you before you became teammates with him, like you say, you battled against him, and it's definitely a respect, especially mm-hmm. because nowadays, even though the Coast really is the probably the most physical league left, if yeah. you think about it, um, but there's still only a certain number of guys who play that way, and you had to know every night playing against him that he was going to be in your kitchen and you had to get in his.
1: Yeah, honestly, it wasn't too bad
0: because I knew that he wasn't, like, a guy that's going to run run around.
1: Right. He's just gonna play his game, play a hard game and simple game, and if if there's a need to fight, like, then he would f- step up. Mm-hmm. So the funny story about the about Maza fighting Maza was in Adirondack. Uh, it's it's a seven-one game. We're up seven-one in Adirondack. Mm-hmm. I have two goals and assist and he we're going on the power play. He looks at me. He goes, "You want to fight? You want a Gordy?" I'm like, "What? No." He's <laughs> like, "Come on." He's like, come on, give me one. I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking fight you. Like, I'm going for my first ever hat trick in pro. He's like, come on, man. Like, it'll be good. Like, I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, puck drops. Uh, this, well, before, I look at Coach Conniff, and I look at him, I go, where are going to go? He's like, okay. And I don't think he, and he didn't, I don't think he knew what I was saying. Right, right. So, we fight. Um, he He's doing his thing at center ice. Like, yeah backing up in the center ice and um we end up fighting blah 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 and then five minutes later i come over he's car uh not cars connie i was like what the hell is that all about i put you on the power play and i wasn't on the power play at that time right i was like well he asked me if i wanted to go to and i said yeah sure <laughs> he's like you might be the dumbest guy of all time i'm like what at least i got some type of hat trick. that's something i can control so so then i go out next shift um we have another power play i go out i don't i don't score and like i'm coming off of the for the uh other unit one of my best friends drew callen um he's like stay stay i'm like no man like i'm good like it is what it is he's like no like i'm not going on the ice you better fucking stay mm-hmm. so i end up staying um and ended up getting the hat trick and like that was like just like one of my really good friends and like mm-hmm. it's just funny like looking back and, Having a Gordie Howe and a hat trick in the same game is like holy shit! Like that's crazy. Yep,
0: yep. I have it in my notes here. We were going to talk about the oh. double trick, so I'm glad that oh. you brought it up. So that's oh. excellent. So that was because of Mazda. Mazda brought it up for you. <laughs> yeah, that's <basically> what happened. <laughs> Fucking Long Island kids, right? Damn, damn Long Island guys.
1: <laughs> they don't know how to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I believe um, after your your season with the Islanders, um, was that the first summer? that you started volunteering with the Miracle League?
1: Yeah, yeah, so that was with... Uh, I actually started doing that with uh, in the summer with uh, the Endicott head coach. Okay. Um, all the local guys would do that in the summer, which was awesome.
0: Can you talk about what the Miracle League is? And
1: for people yeah, who don't so, know? Yeah, yeah, sorry. So the, so the Miracle League, it's, it, it's a volunteer thing, um, and it's disabled children, whether they're in wheelchairs or uh, crutches, and we would always... And and where we were, uh, we would always play baseball. Like mm-hmm. we put a tee, um, or we would go slow, soft pitch, and uh, we would help them around the bases. We would help them hit, um, or put it on the tee and help them hit. And like these kids, it just showed like how lucky we were, mm-hmm. um, how we're and are like we're so lucky to be able to have everything like going well for us, and like just seeing kids smiling like that in a wheelchair that in their only. Seven, eight, nine years old, and they're smiling because we're running around with them and having fun. Or uh, like sometimes there's water balloons, and we'd give it to them, and we'd be like, "Hey, go throw that! Go throw that!" Coach Toland. Yeah. So he'd go, they would go throw them at Tolan would be like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and they were loving it. So like just little things like that, like being able to um, kind of give back to that was was awesome. Because like like I said, like we're so fortunate to have what we have and um, take things for granted. So. Um, it, it was it was awesome. It was it was great that Coach Tolan um, over at Endicott helped me help me get in, involved in that.
0: I believe Real Sports, the HBO show, did a feature on that once. Oh, really? I think I think it was years ago, and and uh, I believe they did because when I was researching this and I saw that I'm like, wait, I think I watched, and it was done years ago. But I'm uh it's That's probably awesome. something we could look up. But I believe they yeah. did because I remember it was a, it was baseball, yeah. and it was. Yeah, so I'm 99% sure that's what the story was about It was on real sports about the miracle uh, That's you know, cool.
1: So. No, it's, a, it's it's a great great thing great thing that people that they do mm-hmm.
0: So um, you were decommitted by Northeastern Eastern yep. you ended up uh, How did it end up where you you ended up at Endicott?
1: Yeah, so I mean I was between a couple there's some D1 schools with a little interest, but it would, would have been more of a walk-on spot mm-hmm. um, and and then I ended up talking with uh, like SUNY Geneseo, Hobart, and uh, and Endicott, and Salve as well. So those four schools were my D three, the schools that I was going to go to. And I was fine going D three because I was going to I was going to play a lot. And, um, so I ended up picking Endicott. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been on a, on the campus or up that way, no. or just just take a look at the campus if mm-hmm. if you have time. But there's three, so there's three private beaches, three private beaches there. Um. And it was a brand-new hockey program. So, I mean, that that was the scary part for sure. Yeah. But just the fact that um, R.J. Tolan, one of the best human beings, like not even coach, but one of the best human beings like that I know. Um, and, I mean, of course, his coaching talks for itself, but mm-hmm. he was one of the first coaches, I would say, like no offense to anybody else, but he was the first coach that really um, kind of got me to mature on the ice and off the ice a little bit more and kind of give me the opportunity to say, Hey, like you can play pro. And like, that was always my goal Mm -hmm. and be able to get a good education and be able to come in and play right away, especially as a first year program. So I was able to come in. I was top six right away. First power play right away. So, um, like that was, that was probably the best opportunity was I was able to come in we were able to create our own culture at Endicott, which, which was awesome.
0: So, I think what you're saying is if you're playing for someone that has confidence in you, it it's, yes. it's so much different when he's. it's sort of like he's coming to you even though you're a freshman, yep. you're going to be a part of the culture that we're going to create because I believe it was just a club sport, right, before you got Correct. there. So Correct. now you have a coach that has confidence in you. And I, I think the confidence, it's not like you have to live up to some sort of unrealistic expectation. I think yep. the confidence is – you can make a mistake and know that you're still going to be right back there the next game.
1: Right, exactly. So, like, honestly, like, making mistakes, like, hockey-wise, yeah. like, 100%. And the one thing that he wouldn't deal with, and I found out from the first game, was, um, like, I, would mother, I I was motherfucking officials and, and swearing and just being unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And he, So my first year, actually, I got suspended seven different games. No shit seven different games because of just maturity wise. And he said, you know what? I don't care if you're one of our top players, like that's not how we're going to run the program. Mm -hmm. And same thing. And then sophomore year, I think it was like four games. I got suspended for whether it was a bad, bad penalty or something like that. Um, And then junior year and senior year, I think I only got it once for like a bad penalty, Mm -hmm. but like, it, it sounds crazy, but, like, that helped me so much because that's the last thing I want is to not play. Right. He would, he'd have me practice and, and everything like that. and um, Like, I would come in the day after a game, and I'd be like, all right, I did something. I don't know if I'm going to be in the lineup. And I'd get in, and it'd be like, fuck, he has to be playing D. This is not good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, according to what I read, and, I, God, I've gotten so many things wrong so far, I'm pissed at myself, but your freshman year – talk about some accolades here, uh, New England Hockey Writers Association, all-region selection, ECAC, all-conference first team, all-rookie team, rookie of the week three times. Is that yep. all true? And yeah, you, you yeah. made the dean's list.
1: Yep, yep, that's all. That's all spot on, yeah, so.
0: How about that? Yeah,
1: not bad. On in. I, I guess I am smart, huh?
0: Well, I was going to say, I'm sure your mom was happy with the dean's list, but I can't imagine the seven suspensions went over well at home. No.
1: Well, my dad was like, "What did you do?" I would call him after practice. Like, "What did you do this time?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Remember that penalty I took when I two-handed the guy?" <laughs> He's like, "Yep." He's like, "Yeah, that's why." <laughs> well, so
0: well, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so yeah,
1: so like like I said, like it's never fun to get suspended or anything like that, or have to sit out a game. But that was probably the best thing that he did for me. Is and and like some other guys would do do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and like maybe he wasn't as hard on him mm-hmm. but you know what like it all worked out and i like to this day like i i talked to him all the time i saw him at one of my buddy's weddings last last summer and, like we were grabbing cold ones and uh he's got three little ones now so um so he's he's busy and he's still doing well up at endicott so he's he's got something he's still growing that program and I mean, I'll be shocked if they don't win. I mean, they were final. They hosted a national championship this year. Oh yeah. And I mean, I'll be shocked if they don't win one within the next three to five years. I mean, I know five years, but three three years, I'd be shocked.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so it had to feel good suspensions aside you had a really good freshman campaign so going into your sophomore season um you had to go in with you seem like a pretty confident guy to begin with but based on how you performed as a freshman you had to have a lot of confidence going into that second season
1: yeah so it was actually awesome so going into our second season we had uh what do we have i'm trying to think seven eight eight guys i would say that stayed on campus that instead of like even for me like I was 30 minutes away yeah but we would stay we stayed on campus and they had this um, job that we were able to work um, mm-hmm. at night as bar as uh, as servers over at like weddings and and whatnot and we were able to work at night and then we got free housing oh,
0: that's great. and then
1: we and then we got to lift and skate for free at oh, the wow. rink during, during the day mm-hmm. so there's eight of us eight of us that year that stayed and um, we kind of all pushed each other and then of course like had fun on the weekends right like Mm -hmm. and but it was kind of a blast like during the summer like we would go work out in the morning skate at 12 then we would go get some lunch and hang out um and then we had to be over at the place uh right across the street at 4 Mm p.m usually 4 or 5 p.m and then we'd be there till like 10 10 or 11 so late nights but like all in all like we were all we were we were together going into that scene sophomore sophomore year and um we, we were we had a stacked team everyone was coming back and we we were adding guys uh like we added a guy logan day he's playing in the ahl he was on an nhl deal um a couple of years out of endicott and, like he had 87 points i think in two years mm-hmm. as a defenseman wow so so pretty good player and he was on, on top of our power play uh like we would play roller hockey uh, sometimes instead of like skating skating on the ice like We would rollerblade around campus and find a spot, and we would play roller hockey, like, four on four. So, like, it was an absolute blast. Like, I, it was such a fun summer. Um, Then we would go to the beach, and, like, on the weekends, we would go to the beach, and there'd be parties at the beach. So, like, it was just all in all. It was a no-brainer to stay there. So then we ended up doing that sophomore, junior, and then going into senior year. So
0: This is another thing why the hockey mentality why you're so close with your teammates and stuff like this because and again we get back to this year this is this is what you did you know and and like i i've heard guys you know say you know ex nhlers x you know ex pros basically from the 80s the 90s the early 2000s say you know when we were on the road we'd all go out to dinner Yes, team. We do stuff as a team. Now, obviously, these summers, you couldn't not not everyone stuck around, but there were a good amount of guys that stuck around as a team. And all you're doing is bonding. And these yep. are your formative years and you're bonding. And I'm not going to get off on the tangent again, but I wonder how much of this stuff goes on nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: No, that was the best part, honestly. Yeah.
0: Well, I did. Someone did tell me to say hello to you. And this was going back last summer when we were supposed to do this. Um, I, I'm friends with someone who, um, is, uh, runs the professional lacrosse team here on Long Island. Oh, Uh, Lisk. Lisk, Rich Lisk said to tell you hello, because I, during my research, I found out you played with his son.
1: How the heck do you know? How do you know him?
0: I know Rich because he used to be the GM of the Trenton Titans back when they were in the East Coast League. Yep. I met him then. And then he go, he. Ended up working for WWE, whatever, and yeah. then next thing I know, we get a lacrosse team here, and I see yeah. that he's running the show, so we reconnect. Yeah, so funny. We, so
1: like, he's one of my really good friends too. Bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we would go. So it's funny. Like he he was with the New England Wolves. Um, mm-hmm. so we would the other uh, indoor lacrosse team mm-hmm. before, and they were at uh, Mohegan, right? Yeah. So we would go there um we'd play like a Friday night game or Saturday night game and they would play so we'd be like all right like we're gonna drive like there was a time that we were in Worcester we were playing against Becker and one of us drove to the game and we were like all right Tolan like we're leaving right after he's like uh did you get okay? like I was like oh yeah we're fine like we're 23 he's like all right sounds good so like there's four of us that went to uh we went to the game but mainly, we went to the casino and had an absolute and stayed over the night. And uh, but that's so funny, and I'll never forget. They uh, they they were throwing like shirts out, right? Like, and I was screaming from the top of my lungs.
0: I got, I got wolf fever. I got wolf's fever. Throw me a shirt.
1: Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, they throw it up, and I just I go Randy Moss on whoever's behind me, and I just go and i look and it's like this like little kid i'm like ah, oh. i'm like shit and i like open it up and i'm like this is awesome and it was like ended up being too small so it was a large i'm like i'll be a nice guy and i like i go here you go man here you go kid but then yeah. i ended up
0: getting getting up getting a shirt anyway because i told his dad
1: and he's like yeah here you go here's a ten dollar shirt yeah.
0: <laughs> no rich is he's great he's a great guy and uh you know and he's really i mean He's real smart. He's real good in the business. So uh, yes, he's great. Yeah.
1: It's, so I mean, Bump, Bump uh, works uh, in in the financial okay. side of things. Uh, he actually helps me out a lot with that stuff because I'm I'm more of a hockey guy and like yeah. I'll run that stuff. So he actually helps me with the with the financial side of things, which is always good.
0: So uh Rich that's did funny. say a year ago Rich said to say hello and send his best. <laughs>
1: that's funny. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, look, I, you know, I know uh, I'm I'm just a ham and egger, but uh you have to yeah. know important people, that's all. Y- yeah, exactly. That's yeah. that's what it's all about. It's not what, you know, it's about who you know. Exactly. Exactly. So um so we go into your uh junior year and yep. um, junior year, you're you're still piling up the awards. Uh, second team all conference, academic all conference. You really are smart. It's unbelievable. Uh, all all American scholar. That's uh, that is something else. And uh, New England hockey writers all region selection. I'm guessing at this point, you know, you're just. You're taking on a leadership role too, I imagine, with the younger kids coming in, as well as uh, you know, on the ice and off the ice. I mean, you got third. You're always more than a point a game guy, still racking up the pims. Although I'm sure there's no fighting. Um uh, yeah. But but you're you're developing into a leader now, aren't you? Yes and no. So it, it,
1: it was funny. Like so, I actually didn't have like a letter as a C or an A when I was at Endicott. Like we had uh, we had two guys there that uh, were more that were role players and, and great, great leaders. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of able to learn the goods and bads, like just kind of from watching them and talking on them um, about how, how to run the room and everything. And um, that honestly was way better for me because mm-hmm. I wasn't just thrown in and I didn't have more responsibility. I, it was more like, Hey, that was kind of the big thing was told was like, Hey, worry about yourself. Like, like in your head, like stop getting so pissed off and getting all fired up type stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, keep the edge. Um, and he didn't really want me to worry about everybody else. But, like, still, like, I I would have, like, leadership role, like, captain's practice. Like, I would run the captain's practices because, like, I love doing skill development, right? So I would run all that stuff. Um, so it was, like, yeah, it was here and there, but it wasn't like it was, like, this year, basically. Yeah. So, but it, it was a great experience, to be honest. Like, we had such an old team because we had 14 kids, graduate our senior year together so we were together all four years so that was the best part
0: what um so who was uh, who was your big rival uh who was the, the end rival back when you were there uh, salve and
1: then UNE university of new england
0: how heated did those games get
1: pretty heated especially university of new england like you got a lot not, of guy, a lot not, of guys
0: on those teams real brave with the cages very brave with cages
1: like super brave there was actually one kid that i played with um in juniors i won't say his name but i did not like him and not many guys did mm-hmm. and he it was at une i'll never forget it. his junior year <laughs> he shot it ended up going in i clipped him with my shoulder right to his head mm-hmm. he lost a tooth <laughs> and play stops and we're like looking for it and <laughs> One of our guys just comes up and just starts swinging his stick. He's like, nope, can't find it. He's like, let's go. Let's get it going. So that, and then after that, like all hell broke loose. And like, you know, cause I only, I didn't get a penalty for it, which was the best part. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Like I just clipped him, clipped him right, right. In, as bad as it sounds, I clipped him in the head and he lost a tooth. And mm. I was like, this is what he deserves. He's, I hated him. Not many of you guys did. Right. And hate's a strong word, but. It was funny. Like, that That kind of really got it going. All three teams, us, Salve, and uh, UNE were always good uh, and always battling for, like, kind of the same players. Yeah. So it was kind of it was, that's how the rivalry kind of started.
0: You know, the last few years, you see all this stuff. Hate has no home here, this and that. And I believe that that belongs in real life. But hockey-wise, hate has a home on this podcast. I yep. I think the sport needs a little more hate. So, you hate is a strong word, and it's meant to be a strong word. And the guy sounds like he deserved it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he did some scummy things,
1: and you know what? People don't forget. Exactly, it's
0: karma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what do good. you think?
1: What do you, There should be a good. There would be a good uh, Seinfeld episode on that. Wow. on karma.
0: I think if we start talking Seinfeld, we're going to be here till dinner time. <laughs> we can so get funny. into that a little later. So before
1: though. before we go off on a tangent, but on that, but yeah, it's funny. Like me and uh, Jimmy Pareda, you know yeah. Jimmy Pareda from Orlando and yeah. from Worcester. Yeah, well, we, yeah, would, mm-hmm. we would we uh, would we would watch when he was there. Mm-hmm. We'd watch like an episode a day. We would, I would text him. Wouldn't even say anything yeah. about Seinfeld. I would just type in episode question mark. He wouldn't text. <laughs> He wouldn't text me back. Yeah. He would just come over 10 minutes later and it'd be in the living room and say, what episode are we watching?
0: <laughs> well, if you want, if you're so inclined, uh, my other show that I have is a Quebec Nordique show. And my last guest was a player named Ivan Matulik. Okay. And uh, he is a Seinfeld monster like us. And him and I we discussed our top five episodes and because I was worried that if I gave you more time, you get busy with other stuff. I didn't ask mm-hmm. you to do that, but Whoa. we, co- that. yeah. Cause I, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I got you this week. So, yeah. well, um, but if you you're so what? inclined, you can go back and listen, we compare our top five and we do not have a similar episode. We have 10 different episodes. I'm going to say
1: one that I think is a sneaky one, mm-hmm. or there's actually two. And one was when they were in the Hamptons, The Shrinkage.
0: That is not a sneaky
1: one. That is great. That's an unbelievable one. I honestly forgot about that one, Mm -hmm. and then I watched it recently. Okay. And I think the best part, I think, wasn't even about The Shrinkage. No. (laughs) I think it was about Kramer finding the lobster.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. That's Uh, the best part. And what we were talking about yesterday in text is the beauty of the show is the secondary characters – Aside from yep. the core four but also uh-huh. a lot of times the funnier parts of the episode are not what the the main story is supposed to be about like even yep. when when you hear um, that they, they talk about the festivus episode that was almost like a throwaway storyline that wasn't even supposed <laughs> to blow up like it did that you know? was all time right and and but they I never I got a problem with all you people. Right. And if, now you're going to hear about it. And that's the thing. And it wasn't supposed to blow up like that. They never they never envisioned it blowing up like that. So my favorite so episode fun. is the English patient. And the reason why I like that episode, again, the secondary story is the Mandelbaums. Yep, I love yep. I love the Mandelbaums. And if you go online and you see people's like top 10, top 20, it never makes anybody's list. But
1: it's always the soup Nazi. Soup right. Nazi is always top five,
0: right? Which is a great one. It is, but I love, I love the Mandelbaum. So that's always, yeah. and even the English that's patient storyline was good too. But that's my number one, and everyone's like, "Really, really?" I'm like, oh, you know what? That's that's it. I'm sticking to it." One more,
1: one more before <coughs> so we don't go off too far. But what's the one where George or uh, Jerry tells George that he's a. Uh, uh, where, where there's a, a golf ball found in the whale.
0: The marine biologist. The marine biologist. That's when Jerry meets the woman they knew from high school yes, and yep. tells her that George is a marine biologist. That one so.
1: cracks me up because at the end, when they're at the, uh, at the they're, diner, yes, and he goes, and you know what was in there? <laughs> Titleist golf ball. And Kramer's just like... <laughs> it's a hurling I don't know why. one I think, That's so funny, but I was absolutely dying.
0: Listen, if you say to anybody that watches the show, the C was angry that day, my friends, that's everyone's <laughs> going to know what you're talking about. So, you know, <laughs> you could say that to anybody. And yep. if they watch the show, they're going to laugh.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: So, all right. Well, I'll talk Seinfeld all day, but yeah, same. Let's, let's get back to Ross Olsen here. Yep. OK, uh, so you go, you're a senior now. Again, you know, another great season, more academic awards. This is now I know what you're, you're a bright guy. I, this whole scholar thing, I, I'm telling you, this is amazing stuff, you know, but uh, what I want to know is, do you remember your final game that you played for Endicott? And just yeah, know, was... knowing that it was your final game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not knowing because it was in the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So it was actually, uh, we were playing against Salve. And it was a one nothing loss.
0: Oh, Okay. And the goal
1: that the goal that was given up was um, a guy that back checked his ass off and ended up going off his stick and in. Oh wow! So it was a tough way, but it, that was in the first period. That was a first period goal, and then yeah. and then their goalie Blake Woj, Woj, Wojtala played for Worcester for a little bit for okay. a quick cup of coffee, but um, shot the door on us. Made some crazy saves on me mm-hmm. uh bessinger and like the list goes on and on i'm literally thinking of them thinking of four of them that were backdoor uh on on the power play but mm-hmm. uh, yeah no that was a tough that was tough but um funny story about my senior year senior night mm-hmm. got kicked out in my first shift <laughs> what'd you do ran the goalie i love it we were up we were it was uh literally my first shift so it's the second shift of the game i have the puck taking it wide on the right side and i like put it over here mm-hmm. and i just put it on and i put it on net maybe from the bottom of the circle and the goalie's out of the net like he's out of position in my opinion yeah and i hit him so hard his helmet comes off and it's in the corner <laughs> it's, it's in the corner. And and the ref's like, man, he's, and he brings me to the box. I'm like, all right, whatever, like two minutes. He's like, no, like you're done. Like that's a five. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is senior night. And, and my, it, it was like one of the only games that, not only games, but one of the few games like my grandma, my sister, mm-hmm. like and stuff came to. Yeah. And they weren't even there yet. Oh, fuck. They were pulling in, and I was in the locker room.
0: I'm like, no. Oh. So then you had to take a shower, and were you able to sit with them and have to explain to them what you did? They left. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they left.
0: The only person that stayed was my mom and my dad. Oh, my God, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> they were like,
0: I'm not staying. I was like, okay, that's fair. Hey, running the goalie is a lost start. So It uh, is. you know, and- tone. You want to uh, – this is where age will come in. You want to see, to me, the gold standard of running the goalie? Uh Google, yeah. Google Gord Donnelly and Brian Hayward. I literally thought that – How you spell it? Uh, Gord Donnelly is D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, and Brian Hayward is H-A-Y-W-A-R-D. It was Quebec, Montreal. I literally thought Hayward's head was going to come off his shoulder. That it, I mean, you want to talk whiplash. I don't know if it's on if it's on YouTube but it, it to me that's the gold standard of goalie running. I'll find it. Yeah, find it. If not I could send you the clip. It's unreal. Yeah. I literally I thought totally it now Gordon, Gordon Hayward's coming up
1: like the basketball player. Yeah,
0: I'll I'll find it for you and send it to you. I yeah, send that when, over. I need to see that. It was unreal. But uh, yeah, I, I would say it, like there are times I'm watching – and I, I can't really watch a lot of hockey anymore. I don't really like the way the game is, but I still watch the Islanders every game. Yep. And there are so many times I'd be like, you know what? It's 2 nothing early in the first. Run the fucking goalie. Couldn't agree a, more. Yeah, just run the goalie. It's not like it's it's 2-1 to one and it's three minutes left in the third. It's a first period. Take the penalty. Just run him. He's, yeah. Especially with the equipment they're wearing now. Oh, what, yeah. what's going to happen? But, yeah. uh, you know, but that's what I always say. I'm trying to teach my sons the right way here, so. You know, <laughs> so hey, you finish your college career. Um, I got you seventh at games played, second in goals, first in assists, first in points. Here's something that is going something that continues throughout your career: first in power play goals, uh, only second in pims though. Now I don't. You want to know who the guy
1: is that got more PIMS? Jason Kalinowski. Jason Kalinowski. That's my boy. Yeah. I was so, pissed that he got more. He got more 10 minutes. I should have got way more 10s.
0: I, I was going to say, he kind of he dumped you a bit. He got 43 but, more minutes.
1: Yeah, but how many games did he play? I don't, I don't even know. know. The only I one I 90, know. Is, I played 97.
0: Uh, yeah, the only one I have here is Carter Horowitz played 111.
1: Yeah, I think Jason Kalinowski played more games.
0: All right.
1: But I'm, I'm you know what? I'm going to look right now. All right. Oh, no. Because, you know what, I can can get 10s with the best of them.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently you like to run your mouth.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: (laughs) So, hey, while you're looking, tell me how you ended up with Worcester.
1: Sorry, he had 107 107 games, so 10 more games. All right. Oh, yeah,
0: you definitely – That's a lot of
1: games I could easily get. All right, I'll I'll give you that. He he was a guy that would run the goalie. He was kind of like where I was this year on the power play. He was in that front. Okay. So he'd be banging home and like getting those, getting those goals and getting those penalties.
0: Okay, all right. So, all right. So tell uh, me how you ended up with Worcester.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I was waiting probably for two weeks uh, to get to Worcester. I had some teams call me from the SP. And I was like, I don't really want to go to the SP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Dennis McCauley, guy from Bill Rika, mm-hmm. uh, he played in Worcester for the Sharks and um, he knew um, he knew Myers mm-hmm. there, and he helped me get just a try out there for for the weekend Mm -hmm. and I ended up having a goal goal in a fight my first game Mm -hmm. against Norfolk Yep, and was able to stick and then I same thing like I was in and out of the lineup but I was happy as a pig and shit Mm -hmm. I was like this is awesome like I don't care and there'd be times like we would go we'd go on a road trip and I wouldn't even I would travel Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even Play a game and like I knew that, and I yeah. was completely fine with that. I was like, just get my foot in the door and just work my ass off and practice and and, and stuff. And so I was able to. I was there and I was good friends with Turks actually. Uh, Yaman Turk out there, mm-hmm. and um, so he would he taught me a couple things about fighting and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, I'll teach you a couple things about scoring goals. And he's like, <laughs> eh. he's like, yeah. I don't really need that. <laughs> I was like, okay, sounds good. Sure. So like so like he would work on me with fighting like after practice and then after that i would go down with uh with nick pierog actually uh you, you probably know him from bridgeport right
0: i know the name no, know the
1: name so yeah. i would go down with him and he's probably my best friend mm-hmm. um now and going to his wedding this yeah. this summer and,
0: oh congratulations
1: uh, yeah no that's awesome for him mm-hmm. i'm pumped for him uh, but yeah i would go down and i would shoot pucks with him and for an extra 20 30 minutes and like i said like that was when not that wasn't win, but like, I, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, I was like, no one's gonna out, outwork me or be on the ice longer. Mm-hmm. So like, he he had the same mentality, and I kind of just stuck with him and stuck in his pocket. And he probably hated it, but <laughs> I was like, I'm am I'm, I'm joining you, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, I'm following you. So I was like a little puppy dog, yeah. And he was awesome. Like, we talk every day, shoot the shit every day. Um, he's he's working in New York now, so he's 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 struggling. Uh, to find time, but he always we always find time in the busy schedule to kind of shoot the shit, which is good.
0: And the thing is, what I find with guys, you don't have to talk to someone for two months, and yeah. then five minutes into the conversation, you're all caught up.
1: Yeah, ex- hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, like, like there was a time that we didn't maybe talk for like a week and a half, mm-hmm. and he just texts me. He goes, "What's up, asshole?" <laughs> I'm like, I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's a, that's the guy relationship. Yep, exactly. That's the ho- that's the especially like a hockey guy relationship, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. As you know, and there you have it, folks. Part one of my chat with Ross Olson. Like I said, I hope you people enjoyed it. Stay tuned next Monday for part two. We really get into the nuts and bolts of his pro career uh, from Worcester straight through to this past season with the Orlando Solar Bears. Um, if you don't mind and you have time, like I alluded to in the intro, uh, if you don't mind, again, I get i really hope you don't mind i can't stop saying it uh please subscribe to this show like rate and review the show if you have a second uh it just helps with the uh promotion of the show it appears in the uh you also may like part uh whatever it is whatever platform it is i don't even know if you can do that on all platforms um i listen to them on apple so i know you can do it there if you have a minute anything helps and uh, and I would really appreciate it so until next monday you people out there please stay safe